episode two. Yay. We Yay. made it. We're, We're still alive. We're still here. We run, made, run, what run. a feat. Yes. Another episode. <laughs> Welcome to End Slate. You're on the second episode. I am Quekadares, head of Globe Studios. I'm Mel Lozano Alcaraz, a semi-retired producer and Twitter critic and friend. And I am Ramon, tired. <laughs> and you are on End Slate, a show about what we're watching, pop culture, stuff that's on screens everywhere. Um, Speaking of everywhere, mm-hmm. we're now everywhere. Yes! Woohoo! Explain yourself, Melozado. Ganda ng segway ko, no? We're everywhere. We're on Spotify. We're on your favorite ag- podcast aggregator, according to Ramon's um, Facebook crowdsourcing post. Yeah. And Google Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts. Google Podcasts na pala. Yeah. Siyempre, kailangan may sa Apple Podcasts. And then, you know, we're on Overcast. Overcast, yeah. I'm making sure that we're on all those famous and on aggregators that have cast maybe soon globe cast shadow cast we never know yeah. oh yeah we're a globe studios podcast i forgot to say that <laughs> <laughs> burying the lead yes and uh we have quite a show in we're store for jam-packed you. yeah mm-hmm. that's right um first we're gonna talk about the stuff that we saw over the weekend especially the season finale of succession, yeah. So we're gonna do and the a se- deep dive. and the series finale, the brand new series finale of Breaking Bad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> El Camino, um, and then we also have a special interview with our friends from Q Cinema, Ed Lehano and Manette Irit. Yeah, who are the uh, director of Q Cinema and the president of the Quezon City Film Foundation. Yep. So they're gonna talk about the stuff to watch out for in Q Cinema. Um, what else are they gonna talk about? Um, Restoration yeah. of classics. Do I hear between walang ningning? Oh, my Tagalog so bad. Yes, between, you do. Between walang, walang ningning. <laughs> um, and a lot of the internet, how they're kind of like um, transitioning to an international Yeah, more of an international festival. festival, yeah. Yeah. But, okay, let's let's get down to it. Let's to get... what we saw, what we saw over the weekend. Um, Netflix dropped a few things over the weekend. And so we talked about Internally, we talked about checking out El Camino. Mm-hmm. I am not. Disclaimer, I'm not a Breaking Bad fan. That is my pop cultural blind But not spot. because you don't like it. You not haven't seen it. Not because I don't like it, but because when it was popular, I didn't know where to catch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, pretty much I didn't know where to catch it. Legally. Right. You could only do it illegally at that time to yes, watch, to but, catch up with shows. But now you can watch all the seasons on, on Netflix. Netflix. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't do it in one sitting. Yeah. So, um, so we were going to do that thing where you you would watch it as a person who wasn't a fan of Breaking Bad. And then yeah. Ramon and I would watch it as, yep. as big fans of the show. Yep. Um, but you tapped out, right? I tapped out <laughs> at the 30th minute. My problem was, I think... Um, it's a big fan service show, not show even. It's a big fan f- service TV movie. I didn't understand what was going on even with that long seasons one to five recap at the start of the at the start of the show. And but my husband, the fan, loved it. Did your husband at least like take the time out to? Oh yeah, he explain. finished the whole thing. Oh yeah, I know he was going through like what was going on in that recap because it was a two three minute long season yeah. one to five. The only thing I know about Breaking Bad, honestly, is the Ryan Johnson episode, which is Ozymandias. Oh. That's season five. Yeah, well, he had two or three, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think he had three. Once, he, once he started directing for them, he would do at least one per season. Mm-hmm. 
But the one I know is Ozymandias, right. which is like... Which is the best yeah. Breaking Bad episode of all time. I was so curious because when he was slated to direct Star Wars, I knew him from um, Brick Mm-mm. and Looper, but I didn't know his TV work. I didn't know he dabbled into it. Mm-hmm. So I wikied... <laughs> I always, this is my problem. I wikied the episode and I kind of watched the, the trailers, the season, the show recap on YouTube. That's the only thing I know about Breaking Bad. So you didn't even like what? bother to watch Ozymandias? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, nope. I was gonna have a mini heart attack. I was like, did you go straight to Ozymandias? I did. The fly. I kind of did. I no, but you didn't watch the episode. On. I didn't know what, was, what the episode was about until I read like the synopsis. Okay, wait. So you read about yeah. it, but you didn't know and watch yeah, it. Yeah, right. yeah. But there's, he has one episode called The Fly, which I yeah, think fly. you can actually watch. It's very self-contained. It's basically yeah. there's a fly it's, in it's, the I think, it's, I think it's the only bottle episode of, of Breaking Bad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Excellent stuff. But um, what did you think of El Camino? I loved it. It was uh, very satisfying for me. I mean... At the beginning, yeah, you're sort of distracted by the, the, the changes in the bodies of these characters. <laughs> because, you know, I mean, in the timeline of Breaking Bad, we were talking about it. And only about two years take place. Eh? So, and he's... But right after the... And it happens after the finale. It happens finale, right, right after the finale. So it's still like so two years So it's still within two years between meeting again, or the story really starting in the, in the first episode. And then at that time, he was a high school gradu- uh, graduate but did not go to college. So, <laughs> like, like uh, yeah, Jesse Pinkman's age is supposed to be around 21, 22. <laughs> no <laughs> But he's still being played by Aaron Paul in his mid-30s. So okay, once that you, makes sense. Once you, once you parang tune that out, and also the huge change in body mass with like Jesse uh, Plevons. Who I love to call as the poor man's Matt Damon. Yeah. Um, Breaking yeah. Bad fans have a nickname for him, which is Meth Damon. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, man, that guy kind of like super filled out. And mm. um, so did um, Jessica Jones. Uh, <laughs> the B from Apartment 23. <laughs> right, <laughs> Kristen Ritter. Right. Yeah. Ritter, Jane. Yes. Um, yeah, yeah. So it was a weird game of seeing uh, like right. who who aged the most. Uh, <laughs> oh, we should say a spoiler warning for that, no? Yeah. Just uh, a spoiler alert, you know, like we we're gonna end up touching on things that happen in the movie. So if you haven't yeah. seen it yet and want to preserve your uh, enjoyment, yeah, okay, your, okay. your surprises, then uh, tap out for now and then come back. Yeah, but it was really, I had a lot of fun. I mean, I think, um, especially when you think about how Aaron uh, Paul was so invested in, in the last season of Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. like he had that Omaze, like uh, um, anti bullying campaign. And and he would invite people the premiere, and I remember there was like um, him and Brian Cranston actually went to each other's. Well, Brian Cranston went to his house at midnight to like read just you and me. Let's read the episode together. And if you actually watch that season of Breaking Bad, he has like five lines pretty much, right? <laughs> no, but yeah, he's he's like a captive the whole time. Yeah, or he's just like suffering, and then in the very last episode, again, spoiler for for those who, well, not not really a spoiler, but he kind of just like you know, just like woohoo! That's pretty much his only line, or maybe has one or two lines. So you always, I've always felt like, oh man, Pinkman deserved more. So this is the deserving more of of Jesse Pinkman. Right. Mm, yeah. And I like how it's it's literally right after Breaking Bad. It's like yes. maybe two weeks. But was uh, it necessary? No, not not right after Breaking. No, it's not yeah. two weeks. It's just right yeah. after. I mean, the two week period, or is it 
just a few days. No, he escapes yeah, and no? goes go straight to. Oh, right, right? Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I think the main criticism of the of the not even episode. I keep thinking it's an episode. Main criticism of the movie is it's nice to have, but was it necessary to have? Mm. Um, it wasn't necessary in the sense that Breaking Bad is about Walter White. Yes. So you know, it it should have ended that way. It should have you know, uh, it really should have focused on Walter and his redemption. But at the same time, if you love the show and you really felt, especially for that character, um, who a lot of people that's that's their favorite character, right? Yeah. They kind of like they really wanted more out of that. So it's a good thing that there was like some space. There was actually a whole series between Breaking Bad and El Camino, which is better called Saul. Yeah. So you kind of look look at the whole Breaking Bad experience through like rose-colored glasses. Wow, it's like an extended universe now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So many yeah. spin-offs. But I think we, we saw it together and then I think you mentioned also that you all, you did feel like at the end of Breaking Bad that you were always curious or mm-hmm. or what you said earlier that he deserved more or you wanted to yeah. see. Yeah. Okay, so this sort of satisfies that for you, no? Yeah. Because for, I, I mean, so. as much as I love Breaking Bad, I didn't feel that we needed to necessarily find out what happened to Jesse. Like mm-hmm. his, his just escaping was like a satisfying sort of happy conclusion for me already but I'm more than happy to, to see El Camino and then it's got so many lovely twists and turns and it's, and it's so nice just seeing Aaron Paul playing that character again and I think I don't know, I, I'm, I'm just guess, doing guesswork and again a little spoilerish but I think this will be the only <laughs> Breaking Bad thing we'll see worse with a happy ending right like Yes. Oh, it has a happy ending. It has a happy ending, and and better calls all. I predict will not have. I'm sure it'll have some sort of bittersweet. Well, even even when you say happy ending with El Camino, it's it's not exactly like joyous. <laughs> it's just like mm. oh okay, yeah. there's a kind of peace here. Yeah. yeah, he finds peace. Yeah, which is you know what it's you just really like the, want the, for him. Almost the best you can hope for for him. Mm-hmm. Um, but did you the end in the, the, that big box set of the Breaking Bad Blu-rays? Mm-hmm. There's, it comes with this uh, feature-length docu about the making of mm-hmm. the last couple of episodes. Did you watch that? Yeah. That was so nice. Because I, I kept remembering uh, that he did sort of feel like this. Like, he wasn't sure if he was going to get a role ever as good as this. See yeah. Aaron Paul. And then I remember, yeah, that there's a scene where they read the final episode together for the first time. So all the surprises are with each other. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, <laughs> he has no lights. <laughs> And then also the the scene where um, they were present at each other's final shots, even mm. if the other character was not there, but just as support. There's this really nice shot of like Aaron Aaron Paul behind this wall, just listening to Skyler and uh, and uh, and, Walt and Walt talking to each other. And then he's not in that scene at all, but he was there. He was present during the shooting, just to sort of uh, celebrate with the actors. Pretty much, they loved each other. Yeah, they loved each other enough super. that they have yeah. their own tequila brand right yeah. now. Yeah, <laughs> they each had they each bought homes in in, in New, Me- New, New Mexico, Mexico, right? In Albuquerque, yeah. Did you like that Walter White came back? That he had. That's a, that's scene? the cameo, right? Mm. That's the big surprise. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Oh, sp- spoiler! Sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, well, we've we've yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> but it was a. I was. I like how it was done in terms of the reveal. Where you're like, why is he so young, seeming here, and so happy? And then you, oh, this is gonna be a, this is gonna be where Walt shows up. And then mm-hmm. even that shot where you just, he's just waiting in the hallway, and then you know, sorta like, oh, it's this is the one. And then he comes out bald, and then like, oh, okay. But I wish, 
I liked it enough. Mm-hmm. I sort of wish there was a little bit more irony, some kind of dramatic yeah. poignance in that, that father-son parti- In that particular, yeah. I mean, it's, a, it's definitely the best point in their relationship to flash back to. Mm-hmm. But that felt... Before he kills Chris in return. Before yeah. Kills, I mean, before, before he allows Jane to die. Before things really start going bad. But there was this feeling of that flashback being more about Walt than Jesse. Mm. Yeah. So it's, it's a good watch. I think it's... I mean, for fans of the show, it's not like Better Call Saul, I think, which is like just amazing, yeah. mind-blowing. And it's yeah, but mm-hmm. but yeah, and and Better Call Saul is just, it's sort of and like, it's different. Yeah, Isn't it f- mm-hmm. it's a funnier show, right? Yeah, it's it's no, it's sadder actually. Yeah. Oh really? Mm-hmm. It's actually because um, I, I thought it was since it's it was Bob Odenkirk. It's painful to watch, right? Yeah. Because well, with Breaking Bad, right, you sort of realize that he was always sort of this guy, mm-hmm. and he was keeping it in. Whereas with Saul, it really it feels like you're watching like the erosion and corruption of a mm. of a soul that was probably good mm. or how you fall into the same I traps I assumed it was a black over. comedy of sorts but it, it, it has its moments but it's also but because of that because you know, it's like it's got these sort of superficial comedy elements it becomes almost more tragic mm-hmm. whereas um, yeah El Camino is straight up like revenge you know, re- redemption slash revenge yeah. movie. So, wh- what do you call it? Is it a sequel? Is it a follow up? Is it? I think it's just a spin off. Yeah, spin-off? or an epilogue. It could, um, epilogue yeah. is more bad. Yeah, an epilogue. Yeah, mm-hmm. that seems more fitting. But it's. I mean, uh, one of the best things about that whole thing, Breaking Bad, uh, Better Call Saul, is that you love the characters so much, you just want to hang out with them. So it's. It was nice hanging out with Jesse Pinkman again, and mm-hmm. kind of like finding him get his groove back. Right, mm-hmm. like um, because you don't really see that. You see him, you know, go f- go free at the end of Breaking Bad, and you see him like rejoice, but you don't see him find himself again or find some sort of peace. And and this is kind of what that gives you. My husband said he kind of broke bad himself. In Mo? Yeah. No. <laughs> Jeez. Mo broke bad. Oh my God! No. <laughs> no, babe. <laughs> In life, no. <laughs> in the years twenty seventeen, Lamo, um, uh, Jesse no Pinkman ma- broke bad because he shot a guy, no, which is no. against Jesse's. No, no. Did I get well, it all well, wrong? He shot Gail in the face. Yeah, no, but then he, that's that was like his hard. Now, parang, but I, I get what Mong means. Or it's like you know that moment in Breaking Bad where um, I know see Walt runs over those guys who are about to kill Jesse, and then he just like point black shoots them in the face. Right. And it's like I can kill now without, yeah. I know, feeling yeah. remorse. So, mm. I think I think that that's what Mong was saying, where he's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna no, I'm gonna." kill and not look back and you yes. know so um, that but but it's different because Walter White still continued to Be go evil. down that slippery slope whereas I think Pinkman just really needed did what he needed to do basically yeah well so. I don't know if he well definitely yes he needed to do it but also I think that reveal of his of their involvement in his captivity also made you realize like oh yeah these guys are gonna die mm-hmm. <laughs> 
Yeah, and it's, it's a really great die. showcase for Vince Gilligan as a director. Yes. Like I, I, Vince I, Gilligan of? Uh, the creator. The, yeah, the of, creator of, of the show. Who started out as a writer. And then on became, X-Files. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah? then started directing episodes. But this one is like, you know he wrote it so he could show off. Like, there's so many scenes where it, it's like, I'm going to write this scene so I can yeah. do this. It's, a, it's kind mm. of a director's movie. Yeah. But it was also, I mean, just as a sort of final note, no, it was a bit also bittersweet because suddenly you're like, oh, it's Robert Forster and he just like died. <gasps> right. So that was a big news over the weekend. And it was a great scene. Yeah. Great scene. To great go scene. With. Great character. <laughs> He's always got that quiet dignity. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's always got. Ano. But but thanks to streaming services, we now have like this resurgence of this trend of of old shows coming back, or having like an epilogue, as you said, like we had. Net, thanks to Netflix, there's Will and Grace, mm-hmm. um, Arrested Development coming back. Well, that's definitely from for Netflix. Right. Will and Grace is NBC. Then Gilmore Girls. Yeah, uh, Gilmore Girls is a Netflix one, thing. Uh, well, X Files came one. back. Um, yeah, Fox. no, the detective uh, one with the Frozen Girl. The detective one with the Frozen Girl. Girl, <laughs> like oh no, no, no Veronica Mars on Veronica Mars. <laughs> I was not a fan, but yes, but, but Mars. speaking of the detective one with a Frozen Girl, Twin Peaks also came out. Right. So th- is this is this a good thing that we're seeing? <laughs> All those Showtime yeah, and the end Yeah, yeah, yes. that's yes and no. Pero uso ngayon na we're gonna bring back these shows, mm-hmm. give yeah, you a yeah. taste of what they had. Did it start with Arrested? Although uh, that wasn't an old show, eh? it yeah. was just a revived, beloved cancel. It wasn't show. even revived. It, it was well, revived. Yes, yeah. I guess revived. Shaka sa season three ng nila mm-hmm. four. Well, X Files was like three, four years ago. I remember. But that um, wasn't Netflix. But it wasn't. It was yeah, Fox, no, I mean just right. just just uh-huh. revivals of shows. Um, okay. I I think it's a good and a bad. Like some, I feel like Will and Grace. I I can't really speak for Will and Grace because I was never a fan. But yeah. if you kind of like just continue being Murphy Brown, being a perfect example. I loved Murphy Brown, right. but no one really cared when when it came back. When it came but back. Uh, Will and Grace, though, I heard that the reviews were good because they were able to also sort of be more aware. Like so many so many changes had happened in the culture especially pertaining to like lgbt rights mm-hmm. that they were able to sort of be more uh current <laughs> i guess uh-huh. more modern in terms of and, and 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 comment on more of those things not so taboo i think Mm-mm. before they would just skip around some stuff right yeah because it was just like almost just like comic relief but here mm-hmm. they could delve into a bit more serious stuff yeah. i think i'd like to see if ever we'll see an epilogue of a show i would love to see freaks and geeks Oh yeah, I think a especially lot with them all grown up. Yeah, I got my so-called life. Actually. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> you'd want to see them grown up. <laughs> no, I mean uh, Angela Chase. I mean, especially I think because Claire Danes and as much as I hate Jared Leto, uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, they kind of found their you know they they kind of became like you know big he celebrities well. and my favorite yeah. line from my so-called life. <laughs> I remember Chuck um, Klosterman is like, what is everybody like? Um, Cat, uh, Jordan Catalano when he can't even freaking read. Guapo <laughs> <laughs> ni Jared. Yeah. Well, he's, he's a vampire. Guapo ni Jared. Ramon, what do you want to see? Revived? I, I don't know. Not even revived, but like an, an epilogue, like a bookend. Well, I, not just epilogues, but I keep, like they keep teasing us with, you uh, know, uh, another season of Hannibal. I just want like the shows I really love that were cancelled to sort of come back. Like Hannibal, because 
both stars and the showrunner are really super willing to do it. So it would be great if they could do something in the mold of like Veronica Mars, where it's like an event type thing, right? Eight or ten episodes long. Right. Not doesn't have to be annual, but just occasionally coming back. I mean, you could do that for something with like Firefly could could do that. Mm-hmm. Or uh, or terriers, which is probably the the one I the one show I'd really love to see come back. Yeah, and speaking of shows we love, <laughs> that was not a good segue. <laughs> that was very smooth. Wait, but I don't want to be tallow. I just want to quickly say oh. that over the weekend I decided to check out um, Rhythm and Flow, which is the new reality show that Netflix put out. Right. Um, right. Executive produced by Cardi B. Yeah. And John John Legend. It's pretty much. American Idol rap um, anchored by Cardi B T.I. and Chance, Chance. the Rapper mm-hmm. I was sucked in after episode one I loved it it's um, not dropped as a whole season it was right? dropped as first half ep- four episodes okay. first half mm-hmm. so you get to see episode one in LA episode two in New York episode three in Atlanta and episode four in Chicago it is perfect for Netflix because it's no hold bar, no holds barred. Everyone can curse. swear, curse, Give make, birth. yep, <laughs> smoke weed like Snoop Dogg in episode one. They're all drinking alcohol while they're judging people. It's super fun. That's the title of my memoir. <laughs> drinking, drinking alcohol up. while judging yeah. people. If you love American Idol, if you love um, that other talent show, America's Got Talent. America's Got Voice. An X Factor. I think it's a. Mm. Uh, I think it's it's you. This is right up your alley. Alley, and it's uh-huh. it's right up yeah. your alley. <laughs> reality, reality alley. Yes. And it's really so much fun. And it. Uh, Who's hosting? The three of them. Oh, okay. The main guy. So the hosts and the judges. Yeah. Wow. Di is like their, their uh, what's his face? Jester. Uh, Simon. Simon. Oh. T.I. Sir Simon because he's like the leader fully dressed. Mm-mm. Super guapo. Guapo ni T.I. guys. Ni pa rin siya nawawala When you say fully dressed, what are the other people Fully wearing? dressed in ice suits. Oh, you're like a... Sun. Cleans up well. Um, I topless like si Snoop Dogg. I highly suggest watching it with the subtitles on because means talaga you won't be able to understand Cardi B and... Is that racist? And some of the raps. <laughs> I think it's the Bronx slang. Mm-hmm. Is she from the Bronx? I don't know. Isn't that Jenny from the Block? Uh, well, I mean, they're both in Hustler, so what? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that's me. If you like oh, that kind of light fluff. I think I'll check it out. Rhythm actually. and Flow is super yeah. fun. It was so much fun that uh, my husband and I was, were just laughing at some of the raps. That but are the contestants any good? They are. Okay. Some okay. are really like goosebump wow. inducing. So sobrang lang galing. So we're gonna see some stars from this whole, you know, shebang. I hope, I hope so. I'm I'm really trying not to read all what's, the spoilers online. What's the prize? Is it like a recording contract? Two hundred fifty thousand dollars plus a a chance to perform at the Spotify Rap Caviar event. Oh, rap nice. Caviar, which is a playlist. It's a playlist on Spotify. Oh, I don't featuring know. Featuring Young that. Thug and Pusha T. Rap Caviar. Rap Caviar. That's the name mm. of the playlist on Spotify. Why Caviar? Is that a famous dish for the hip hop community? <laughs> I think so. Yes. <laughs> you know. You know. They're you know, all about the bling. I and know. It's like <laughs> talking about murder and bitches. And pass me that. Yeah. There was yeah, pass me the fish with eggs. Bone, I need a bone spoon. There was <laughs> one word that Mong. Oh, you have to remember that the millennials like using that now. You might have to drop it on your podcast. And I go, which one? Oof. 
Then I said, "Oof!" But that means you're tired. Mm-mm. And then he's like, "No, it means it. It means whoa." whoa. Oof. Oof. Ah, okay, okay, I get it. Oof. Okay, not it's not like a new. But it's ouch. still sorta related to the sounding. Not just being tired, but also it's like a sound that you make when someone punches you in the gut, right? <laughs> yes. So that's sort of like how's it? Because like in comics, it's oof. Yeah. But it's not the same as I thought it would be okay. with the young people. Who's your, well, the young who's your employee who taught us uh, and, and whatever? And whatever. Shout out to Danielle Francisco. Yeah, <laughs> I was trying to remember this whole conversation. I was like, yeah, oh, this is Danielle Joe. Yeah. yeah, friend of the pod and Globe Studios director. Have you have you heard oh, oh whatever? Yeah. Oh, whatever. You just add it to the end of any sentence. Yeah. Like, so, ma- like, Mel, how was your day or oh, whatever? I'm sorry. I'm using flex right now. That's my millennial word of the week. Flex. Week. Flex. That's Flex. so old. Give me one nickname and a DJ. I'm a suburban mom. These things get to me late. Flex. Nice flex, but what? But okay. Weird flex. Weird flex. Speaking okay. of flexing, let's flex our succession shit. L to the OG. Dude be the OG. And he playing. Playing like a pro. See? All right, yeah. Give Succession. it up for my boy, Candle. <laughs> Candle, all right. DJ Squig. Squig. Coming up from behind. <laughs> <laughs> and I can't believe Nicholas Brittel wrote those lyrics he just said. Oh, yeah, no, that that was from episode nine. Remember, guys, L to the OG. Nine? nine? On eight. La- no, eight, yeah, yeah. Eight. Mm. Episode eight. Mm-mm. Nicholas Brittel, scorer of uh, If Beale Street Could Talk and yes. other such luminary films. So apparently did the rap for mm-hmm. uh, Kendall recently Roy. won the Emmy for the they're gonna the win I think best succession. song uh, in a TV series for that if there mm-hmm. is such a category I'm just kidding guys I don't think there's a category there like is that. but it's not televised yeah, it's part of the creative, <laughs> the arts. creative arts yeah I only Emmy. know this because Crazy Ex-Girlfriend won this year so Kaya Yan they're yeah. gonna win that probably last year in the okay year we did it <laughs> no, episode 10 we're in episode 10 episode 10 everybody yes. wants to hear our hot episode 10 takes I don't know about everyone but I want to hear well, yours well my, my friends mm-hmm. yeah we just he just watched it again because I was watching it so I've seen it twice mm. good more or less uh, wait okay season 1 episode 10 what happened was Kendall uh, yeah. ran over a guy well no. not ran no 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 he got he was in accident. a car with someone Sally. and then he uh, he was able to escape with his life but the other person was not but they were both on drags at the time so it was a but was he driving he was driving no he no was. The was he I thought not it was sure. the other guy I thought Kendall was driving I think it was the other guy but I don't either cause, but hmm. yeah because if right hand drive, you're not sure what you see on the screen. Eh. Not just that, you're on the other side of the road. <laughs> and you're on drugs. So, talagang, so yeah, after that little bit of man's laughter, he got into trouble and then had to be bailed out by Daddy, Daddy Warbucks. Number one boy. Yeah. yeah. Kind of like blackmailed, soft blackmailed by Dad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Damn. Interestingly, season one, episode 10 was the, was the Emmy winner for Succession. The sole Emmy winner of 2019 so far. Hmm. Um, oh, yeah. Penned by Jesse Armstrong and directed also by Mark My Lord. My Lord. So now we're in season two, episode 10. Same guys. Right. And very different episode. Very different yes. episode. Pretty much all happens in a yacht. In a bottle, bottle shop. Like, yeah. Most bottle of it, yeah. shop. Mm-mm. Okay, what happened? What are the highlights, boys? My number one boys. <laughs> number two na lang kayo. Is a, well, looking at the... See, Willa looking at the reviews. That's nice. <laughs> yeah. 
No, but, but I guess I love how it kind of all led up to here. And you think, I mean, especially since uh, season one, episode ten was so grand and and you know um, joyous, and it was a celebration, and that led to like this, you know, epic um, accident. This one is kind of just people in rooms talking. Yes, right? yes. Um, and they were basically deciding. I mean. Everyone kind of took it for granted that we need to sacrifice someone um, and to play the to that dead cat, dead catting. Dead cat. <laughs> yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Well, it starts off hilariously with Greg on trial. Oh yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> with him trying to speak legalese, formal jargon. I indeed shall. <laughs> if it I, should wait, be if, said. It should be said. <laughs> And um, and then they, they all go on the, the trip, right? They um, all go on the yacht. Mm-hmm. That amazing fuck you yacht. Yeah. That that yacht though. Man, that looks like a black diamond. <laughs> yeah. With reflective hulls. And they're all going through stuff. Um, Wait, I was reading mm. in an interview. I think it was an interview with Shiv. Mm-hmm. Or either Shiv or Jeremy Strong, actually. When they shot the season ender, they were all in Croatia. They rented this huge yacht. And they spent, I think, almost a month shooting episode 10. Shut up. But they couldn't stay overnight on the yacht. Mm-hmm. They had to leave, come back, leave, come back. And they yeah, were yeah. begging the owners, can we stay the night to experience it? But then they uh, Oh, man. And then if you if you stalk their Instagrams, you'll see like... So episode 10 was only shot in July. Oh, wow. wow. Because yeah. that was when they posted Croatia pictures behind the scenes. Oh. So and of course, Mila knows so much about that because he's a Game of Thrones guy. Yeah. Love it. Which yeah. is full circle Game of Thrones analogies, Mama Yato. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah, so, so um, Shiv and Tom are talking about having a threesome, which mm-hmm. which has a great build. I mean, a great payoff. You think it's just like some joke and then it really snowballs into this Who massive, got you? Who yeah. got me, Tom? Yes. I, yeah. That was one of my favorite scenes. If we're mm-hmm. going there, though, but uh, where they had to find the perfect cove, mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, and then the the truth comes out. You know, I mean, Shampre he feels like he's being uh, railroaded through all these things, the hearings, and then that another great, amazing scene where everyone was just throwing each other under the bus. But to go back to that scene, no, it parang bubbled up that he had sort of this resentment ever since the wedding in season one, right? Right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Where, where he was Shanghai. Yeah. Because <laughs> he figured out that she was cheating on him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and then she pro- she yeah. proposed that open relationship thing, and then, mm. and and he was using business terms, which is cute. Like you shanghaied me into a uh, you know shareholders meeting that was blah blah blah. Open borders yeah. trade yeah. deal. And <laughs> <laughs> closed loop yeah. system. <laughs> from 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 season one. So yeah, and that that was great. Um, they're both so good in that. Both mm-hmm. Sarah Snook and Matthew McFadden, who, who plays hurt very, very well. well. Yeah. Uh, and uh, I think it was nice that Shiv because I, I was thinking this whole time that Shiv actually didn't really care about Tom mm-hmm. but then I was surprised with her reaction that but I also have suspected that like from season one where she really sort of freaks out when the aspect of Tom leaving her comes up and then that's when she becomes really emotional so I'm not I'm still not sure entirely if she does love him or she is or terrified she of being him. abandoned mm-hmm. Because yeah. they met, I think they they established it in season one that they met when she was vulnerable, mm-hmm. and then he came in as a regular guy and gave her the stability. Mm-hmm. 
That, and I guess that's how she really does view Tom, no? not as a romantic interest, but as a mm-hmm. foundation to hang yeah. on to. But I, I think, I, I can feel that she loves him. I mean, I think... Um, Do you think she respects him? No. no. <laughs> <laughs> that's your love right there. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Um, and then what what happened to Ken, Kendall was um, kind of like they went to Stewie, right? And great performance by Stewie. I loved that scene also mm-hmm. where uh, Kendall goes to his usual mode where he's like, you know, uh, attack dog. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, cooking up all of these like dirty <laughs> scenarios. I will, you know, cut your cock off and stick it up. And then Stewie just kind of like yeah, like yeah, a mocking child. Yeah, 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 stick it here, you know, whatever. You, did you notice him smelling the lavender? Yeah, <laughs> such a yeah. nice touch. Just, oh. <laughs> but that's that's jumping ahead. So after, yeah. so we have uh, also Roman, Roman coming yeah. back alive. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, I, love, I love that scene also, where everyone's like just shooting the shit like oh did you parachute out with your uh, Caesar salad and, <laughs> and he's like I almost died and, yeah. and everybody has their fake oh I'm sorry man yeah you know, it was actually a hilarious episode yeah it's great it was yeah super funny Mm-mm. so um uh yeah so yeah the, the Roman almost and, and you, you can kind of see Roman something happened to Roman yeah, yeah. in that trip he was, he he changed. was changed mm-hmm. though he was more serious, more somber. He actually, that, that great scene where he actually brings up with his siblings that maybe we, maybe we could talk like normal people which, after which this. Which was so Which good. was mocked immediately. <laughs> which is so s- funny and sad. But didn't you find that cute uh, that they actually have this rapport and it's adorable? No, it, it adorable. was cute. But also, like, you realize it's never going to go like beyond that. Eh? Because when you broach just any emotional honesty, it gets, it gets mocked by the other two. Yeah. Whereas but, if they actually did engage in like something honest without necessarily being sarcastic about it, like they might get more things done, like they did with Rhea. Mm-mm. But I I love that when the four of them, or well, the three of them are together, they have so much. Well, not even so much fun, but they, it's light, mm-hmm. it's yeah. casual, it's not backstabby. It's always when the dad shows up. That's when they start putting up their walls. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You could also see the change in Roman when he wasn't so quick to be a pest to Kendall. Yeah. yeah. And vice versa also. Kendall yeah. was like very very supportive of Roman. He was appointed the COO, the sole COO. They love each other, no yeah. And then see, I don't know, see Roman kind of just tells the dad straight out, like, don't expect this yeah. deal to happen. <laughs> in Respect. Yeah. Galing. No? So it tells him like it is. So... Um, I'm very. I guess that's a good. Li- I, I think it'll be season three Roman. Season three right Roman now. for mm. sure. He's gonna be the patsy. Yeah. So it's gonna be interesting seeing that guy change because he's been kind of one note. But are we th- going to explore Roman's sexuality more in season three, since it was his his part in deviancy was touched on this season? Yeah, I really, I really want him to kiss and make out with <laughs> Jerry. Mm. I really want this to happen. Mm. Very Harold and Maude. <laughs> yeah. Mm, so, mm. <laughs> um, I don't know. he really loves her. I mean, he was like super defending, defending her. her. Yeah, that's true. So that, yeah, that was that's my girl. That's my girl, Jerry. And he's in a Sabini Roman. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that was one of the other highlights of the episode for me was that great laglagan. round table of, yeah, Laglagan and just everybody just trying to, you know, this is such a funny game of hot potato. Mm. <laughs> 
And then kind of like, ang galing eh. Cause I've, and it's weird because, you know, in all the movies and shows we've seen, I've never really seen a scene like that where everyone's kind of like being civil, but they're all trying to like save their ass from mm. yep. being burned. Um, and yeah, <laughs> I love how they keep on um, pointing to Carl. <laughs> Carl, which our research bring brought us to that he was in Sledgehammer in the 80s, if you're old enough to remember that show. It aired on RPN9. I remember if Sledgehammer. It's like remember. a MacGyver. I sort of remember the ball. name, but I don't think I ever Sledge watched it. Sledgehammer. No, that's okay. a Peter Gabriel that's a song. song. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we don't have the rights to do that. Um, but yeah, that round table was so good. It actually, it reminded me of that, here we go with Game of Thrones again. It reminded me of that um, scene where Taiwan sit, Taiwan's first ca- first council meeting with um with the what's the kids Tyrion and with no. Tyrion and the Master of Coin, the Master of Whispers, everyone, and then they were just dragging their chairs to the table Mm-mm. Mm-mm. and trying to figure out who's who has like more leverage Mm-mm. versus each other, which is echoed in the last episode, right? Um, so yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. it was echoed in in, in the finale of the season. Yeah. So, but unfortunately, unlike what you wished last time, no oh, one. Oh, I was no so wrong. <laughs> I was so wrong. I I I don't think. I mean, Connor. If you had someone die in that show, who would it be? Who would you oh, kill? And it no. had to be a significant death. Frank. What significant? <laughs> significant. Significant? No, no one talaga. See, si, si Connor, no. Connor. I I cannot imagine season four focusing on Connor Roy. Like wait, so what? No, what's gonna happen will. to him anyway? So he's losing all this money from funding Willa's disastrous play and his campaign. I love Plus how she just threw the iPad. <laughs> That's gonna be a gif. Yeah. yeah. Pretty soon. Hmm. Um, so yeah so what's gonna what's going on and then uh, of course Logan just said you know like I'll give you the money if you, if you stop quit, running yeah. I have a feeling because that Connor had a lot more scenes Mm-mm. that they probably cut off yeah. cut out of the episode because in the if you look at HBO Go on your phone the the cover photo is the four of them on a yacht sitting together mm-hmm. talking at night so feeling ko na cut talaga si Connor from this episode. Mm. Yeah, because Connor is kind of like a running joke, you know, uh, like a lesser jo- uh, Greg and right, a lesser right. Tom, like parang yun yah, parang memeable kind of. I, like, I actually thought that they might continue the campaign plot just because it's yeah, so ridiculous so that Trump won. That this might happen also. <laughs> and you know, it, it might, it yeah, might still, happen. It might still. Like, uh, but actually, the the Chamber, the big surprise besides Kendall turning. Was that we didn't even get to the shareholders meeting yeah. this season? Grabe, grabe, no? Yeah. Wild. Do you have any guesses? I'm. Okay, or, so, mm. uh, so after, so the start of of this episode, we had Greg, right, and then we had Logan getting a phone call from one of the shareholders, mm-hmm. and them telling him that he should be that he should be the one to step down to step mm. down. So can't so Logan didn't say that to anybody at mm-hmm. all. One of the theories that I read online was that he f- knew all along or that he figured it out that if he picked Kendall to be a sacrificial lamb, Kendall would turn him and turn on him in the end. Mm-hmm. And sacrificing his father Mm-mm. to destroy the company. 
and rise again like a phoenix from the ashes. We were talking about a bit about that uh, mm-hmm. after the ep. How like, you know, you could definitely see Logan being proud mm-hmm. of his son, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's kind of this shadow of a smile at the end there. Mm-hmm. My son's like, a killer. Where he's yeah. like respectful, yeah. <laughs> but also, I think, um, I, I think that that you're not a killer was what turned Logan. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, so Kendall, right? We're all in agreement that Kendall was being the dutiful son this whole season, talaga. Yeah. Yeah. And it took that one, that scene, which I really got emotional with and I almost cried because Kendall, my boy, <laughs> yeah. so down. Um, I think that was the, the, the point where you could tell na, that it, it touched, it it hurt him completely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think so. And I, I, I would think in a twisted way, he did that also he betrayed Logan because he wanted to make Logan proud so I mean it's such a great climax because it's so layered right? there's so many things going on Logan being proud I mean there's also the possible layer where um, you know that Shiv and, and Kendall have been like talking behind the scenes so that could have also been oh that's right, right. but you also know that Shiv and her dad were talking behind mm-hmm. the scenes yeah. because, right? because it's like this is not the guy who we talked about uh-huh. so but and so Shiv could be like feeding Kendall I feel like be. Shiv because was the scenes... one who twisted the knife this episode mm-hmm. but there are scenes that we are not privy to eh? mm-hmm. like obviously something happened uh, probably on the flight where Kendall and Greg sort of joined forces and, and right. Greg gave him the, the, the documents that he saved from the fire that was my biggest question for right? of watching this episode. Yeah. So there's yeah. that. Yeah, there's a lot of questions. Like, when did Greg decide to join it? Was it long planned? Or did he bring that up in the seven-hour flight back to Oh, that's seven New hours York? from... You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I mean, it's going to be... Uh, I think there's going to be revelations in the next season of how right. there were machinations. Did you guys mind. figure it out that Kendall was going to screw his dad when he gave the, the proverbial kiss of death? Um, very godfather godfather <laughs> in I think I think it, I figured it out one day because I think when he was leaving that would have been a good ending for the season and then they, they continued to show him on the plane and with Greg so I'm like okay so he's probably gonna turn because they're gonna continue to the press con but it was dramatic enough to see the family kind of like see him off and him go away to his sure doom so that, that that's when I was like okay he's gonna know He's gonna betray his dad. <laughs> but what would possess kasi, Logan to send off his son unsupervised like that? He didn't. He mm-hmm. thought he was sending Greg. And Claudia was there, right? <laughs> it was like, shit, shit, it's Carolina. shit. Uh, Carolina. Yeah. yeah, but why would he trust Greg either? No, uh, to watch his son. I mean, sprinkle of Greg. <laughs> sprinkles. Blood naman si Greg. What do you mean sprinkles of Greg? <laughs> and I think... Greg probably freaked out when he was on trial yeah. and realized that he had no zero support from this family anyway. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm going to jail because of this fucking guy. <laughs> right. So you want to, yeah, thoughts on the so on thoughts. The season two? Thoughts on season two. Um, hmm. So season two was a, I think it, it mirrored each other. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, season one and episode one and episode ten. Because episode one opens with Kendall in the Icelandic he the, in sort the um, spa. Icelandic, yeah the serve in the spa and he was back on trial, and then it just ends with Kendall also 
swimming somewhere in the sea mm-hmm. and back on trial. So it was a good closed loop system. Uh, did you like season one or two more? Season two, I think, was perfect. I, li- I like season two. Str- yeah, I think season two is stronger. I wasn't even that big a fan of the finale of one. Me I, also. It felt like such a kind of deus ex machina for the man's laughter to happen because it was everything was about the coup eh? mm-hmm. and it was going to work yeah. until that one thing that was, it just seemed like came it out of nowhere. It felt too dramatic for the show. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I was like, mm, I don't know. This kind of resets things back to the beginning where he's like subservient. So that's why it was nice seeing that develop in this season. And then, of course, the other threads with like Shiv and sort of the promise of you know, of, of uh, taking the ring, so to speak, but mm-hmm. then having that also be sort of like you know disappear in a puff of smoke. And so I'm more interested. What I like about the this finale is that we all sort of I think saw the shareholders meeting as like a definitive point where the end of the season. McGuffin but now it's like oh we don't even know if when we'll get to that. It might yeah. be the middle of season three, pa. There might be I don't know how many, and then. Or Again, th- we don't even know season three might open with the shareholders meet or anything done. done. Mm-hmm. But I think we'll still go with the the betrayal still for a few more because it's it's large enough. And I was mentioning also that it felt like that was also sort of like dead catting where if you're if suddenly there's this inter from family strife within the company, then it sort of takes away attention from the the stakes or the the situation that waste that waste is in with the shareholders meeting and then i also said i'm not even fully convinced that this n- is not actually a plan that logan and kendall cooked up eh? right. mm-hmm. yeah um and then uh favorite moments well uh, I, I just want to oh. share that um i was reading an article which which was published right after season two ended um, and it pretty much it was Joanna Robinson one of my favorite writers she, oh the, the Game of Thrones writer the Game yeah. of Thrones who is like uh, who does also the succession recaps for Vanity Fair she said that we should have seen this coming because it was sprinkled all over season 2 that Kendall was gonna twist the knife at anyone that he wanted to really kill Mm-mm. because he killed Walter he killed um, kinda killed Rhea Mm-mm. He kind of he also kept picking on Shiv and and uh, Roman throughout the season, so the the foreshadowing was there or the hints were there, mm-hmm. and none of us just picked it up, I guess that he was gonna do the ultimate turn. Well, I think I said because you're they couch you so strongly at the beginning of the season that he could not possibly turn against his dad because the dad bailed him out yeah. of the of the death. Yeah. So that's why I think that still was like sort of a surprise. Mm-mm. Because even hurting Connor, and I just realized that now that it's true that he even had sex with that girl, that actress, yeah. just to <laughs> piss off Connor. And then, th- and then, Molana, one night yeah. stand. Yeah, poor, I uh, know. What's her name? Zipi Pierce. <laughs> the the Naomi. girlfriend, Naomi Pierce. <laughs> but um, I think season two is just perfect, perfect TV. We were, we were talking about, like, what's your favorite episode for this season? It's. It's really walang tapon for me. You, yeah, I can't. All good. I can't name a name just one singular episode that will just stand out. Yeah, there are many different. There are many great moments, mm-hmm. and they're all kind of like scattered through. And most of them have very specific locations, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Like you know, Argentines, you know, DC, uh, Hungary, right, which right. is a great episode. Dundee. By Dundee. The way, yeah. 
which is apparent. I was looking at Brian Cox's Instagram, and he was taking photos of Dundee, Scotland. Mm. Yeah, that's really where he's from. Right? Well, you look at all of the. I tell you, I was in the black hole of Succession cast members today because I was very sad that it ended, and I don't know what to watch anymore on Mondays. What's the name of this episode? Something about tears. This is There's, not for tears. This is not for tears, mm. which is apparently a a poem by John Barrymore or something like that. Mm. The actor. Not the actor. Is he? I might. I might have. I'm not a lit major, mm. guys. But um, yeah, I mean, I hope I it, it's such a strong second season. And it's so rare that you're super excited for for a third season these days. So mm. I'm really looking forward to what's in store. I think yeah. No, I mean, one of the predictions we have is it's gonna be Roman centered, um, and and I'm excited that it seems it's going to be a lot of interplay between the siblings, because yep. Logan will be having his own. And Marsha, what happened to Marsha? Where's Marsha? <laughs> Yeah, still pissed. Yeah, gouging an eye. And nag elevate yung um costume budget ng Succession season two. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the uh, no, and the location budget. And the yes. location budget. Yeah. And if anyone noticed, Kendall's outfits were all brown this episode. I just noticed that. And Shiv's outfits were mostly white, crisp and white. Mm-hmm. If you're a girl, I think you notice these things. Yes. Uh, and was was Tom bluish? Tom, Tom was very pastel. Mm-hmm. Pink, very girly colors as usual, Tom. <laughs> All right. Um, f- favorite, favorite lines, yeah. <laughs> um, it's not a favorite line per se. I mean, like every episode had so many great lines, but um, I I mean I I just remember like laughing out loud um in the first episode because you know I just missed them so much and I missed their insults to each other so much and this is when Shiv and um. Roman noticed that there's something off with Kendall that he's kind of like dead inside so they're asking him like what's wrong with you <laughs> and um, Roman says he's like a sex robot for dad to fuck and then Shiv says he's like an old beaten dog and then Roman goes he's both of those things and also a piece of shit <laughs> <laughs> and it makes me want to you know like save all these things to like you know like uh, <laughs> <laughs> on set drama or whatever like save these cards for you know to insult like that just in the future so it inspires me so um, and I really loved uh, this last the, what what really touched me the most uh, also like Ramon said is a, is a Tom Shiv scene and I love that line uh, I wonder if the sad I'd be without you is less than the sad I get from being with you yeah, so, parang, yeah. <laughs> Uh, my favorite is something that I always, parang I meme it every week, which is my fa- I want to write emails with it as a, a subject line, which is, you can't make some Tomlets without breaking some Gregs. The greatest thing ever. That's from ever last written. episode, no? Nine? From episode yeah. Yep. nine. Yeah, yeah 67 <laughs> times. Tom emailed it to Greg 67 times. Ramon. <laughs> I don't remember any particular. I mean, there's so many great lines there. Eh? I don't know why, but for some reason, uh, even that, that scene where it's like, "I love you, Rock." Bye, Rock. You're dead. <laughs> <laughs> it's so it means nothing, but it just made me laugh. Not even the rap. <laughs> well, yeah, of course. Yeah, that's another one. But yeah, I mean, whenever I need to have some fun lines from success, I, I check the no context succession Twitter yeah. account. <laughs> um, oh. favorite episode. If um, you could pick only one. It's hard, hard no? It it's um, 
I, I love the, the Pierce when That's they good. spent the weekend with the Pierces. Um, they're they're even. <laughs> yeah, and then but they go to the room to like unpack and stuff, and then they're all like, okay, meeting. You take this guy, you take that guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I but love. Yeah. Ah, sorry, last episode. I loved seeing the Roy kids kind of work together. So when they mm. work together too. Rhea. Rhea. <laughs> like, oh, oh, you flirt with her, and then you give her, feed her some, mm. you know, bad Rose. stuff for yeah. that. Yeah. So I, I, I love um, episodes. You with, have sex yeah. with her. I don't know what that shit telling Tom. Yeah. Yeah, to, to flirt with her. Come yeah. on. Yeah, I don't know. They, they've all been such good episodes. I don't know if I could really just choose one. Although I do like that Turnhaven particularly because one one of the happy surprises there was revealing also that the pierces are also shits. But in different a different way. A really snobby, like entitled way because they were they were all born rich as opposed to uh major self made guys in Logan. Eh? Mm. But the but the pierces are inherited wealth. You know? mm. So it's like they're they're terrible in their own way. Like when she got the chicken and made it look like she cooked yeah. the fucking thing. Oh with a cameo by Perfect Strangers guy. Mm. Right, yeah. Cousin Larry? Cousin yes. Larry? Oh, yeah. He was the one that was the fighting with Connor. Connor yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. My favorite was Boar on the Floor. Yeah. I think really I saw that also. twice in, su- in succession. I really did, though. I watched it Please. right after. Yeah, I just mm. repeat. Because it was the first time I really saw Logan hot? super scary. Huh. Not yeah. the man hot. Why? What's wrong with Brian Cox? <laughs> Original Hannibal Lecter. You know what I find hot? Logan. Not? Colin. Colin's my fave. Which one's Colin? The bodyguard. Uh, uh, I find Claudia hot. Who's Claudia? You keep saying Claudia. Do you yeah, mean Claudia. Carolina? Ah, Carolina. Why do I always Who's say Claudia? Claudia? I don't know. But it's like, you know. I think Carolina. Freudian slip there, right? Carolina yeah. looks like a, a Catholic girl with her scapular on her neck all the yeah. time. Oh, that's even. Never mind. And now, and now, <laughs> Q Cinema, Q Cinema na pala. interview yes. with Manette and Okay, Ed. what's what's the deal with Q Cinema? Ayan. Well, you know, we were we. Yeah. Oh, should we just like transition to the? Interview? Okay, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So no, let's know? do a backgrounder. Should we? Okay. Okay. See Go. <laughs> All right. Um. Yeah. Q Cinema is out this week. Super exciting. Um, and they have a really great lineup. They have a lot of international, um, multi-awarded films from Un Certain Regard in Cannes and Berlin. And, uh, what and accent is that? Are you that? drunk? Why are you speaking? What accent is what that? Accent I, I, is that? Well, it started out as a French accent. And oh, then right, I and then it became German. Yeah. Yeah. Un Certain Regard. Yeah, because I was going to transition to Ber- Ber- uh, Berlin. That was a very Berlin, French, Ale. Austrian accent. Yeah. Berlin. <laughs> And anyway, <laughs> and you know, it's a hundred years of Philippine cinema, guys. So, how long has Q of, Cinema been running? Um, this is the seventh year. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, we were lucky enough to get an interview with the Brain Trust, basically, of the festival. And it, it, it's a bit rough audio wise, but uh, we had to interview them in the field, like, uh, you know, embedded war journalists. Mm. So there's some a little bit of uh, more noise than usual, but I think you can hear us pretty well. And we were very lucky that they that they gave so generously of their time. Yeah, we really love Ed and we love Manette, so here they are. We are here with the festival director of the of Q Cinema and the president of the Quezon City Film Foundation, um, Ed Lejano and Manette Dairit. Hey guys. Welcome. Hello. Good evening. 
parang you guys look so fresh and happy and you know not stressed at all. Well, it is only the second day of the festival. <laughs> yes, and don't be deceived by appearances. <laughs> Deep inside, we're crushed. <laughs> this is the seventh uh, Q Cinema, no? Yes. Wow. So does it get easier every year? Do you get used to it? Well, uh, on the seventh year, the mountains, uh, the mountains, the problems are mounting, but we, our survival instincts get stronger. What are you most excited about with this year's uh, edition? Uh, for this year, especially this year, since we're only producing three local feature films, right. because our main competition has kind of changed, mm -hmm. uh, it has now become Asia Next Wave, to include five Asian films, and three local films that we uh, gave funding to. So the three local features, it's quite exciting because they were really called from a field of uh, 100 scripts and tatulang pile. Yes, and really, that, this is our way of leveling up. We really want to be a true international film festival. Before this, our local films would just have their own section and they would compete against each other. Right. So we wanted, and we thought that, you know, our filmmakers are really leveling up. So we wanted them to now compete with the, you know, the others in Asia. And too bad for our local filmmakers, the pressure is double or quadruple. <laughs> yeah. And that's Ray Red, um, uh, Glenn Barrett, and um, uh, R.B. Barbarona. Uh, all first-time filmmakers, uh, pre-feature filmmakers, or Ray Red. It's his, her first solo film. Glenn Barrett is his first film, and RB. Uh, it's a second feature. This this evolution no, from the circle competition to the Asian next wave. Yes. Yes. Like how, how long has this been in the works? How how long have you been thinking of changing that? Well, it's actually really only this year, but we really oh. only thought about it last year. Okay. But we really wanted to figure out how we can level up. So mm -hmm. this was the way we, uh, we thought of yeah, doing it. Yeah, what sets, I mean, everybody's always like, um, the, the, the three big ones, uh, Cinema One, Q Cinema, uh, Cinema Laya. What sets Q Cinema apart from the other two? Well, uh, we're not a platform like uh, Cinema One, and hats off to Cinema Laya because they really pioneered this grant-giving competition, so uh, it's up for them to, uh, I mean, it's up for us to find our own place in the sun, and uh, we're finding a spot in Southeast Asia with this competition and pushing our Filipino filmmakers to put a spotlight with the other uh, Southeast Asian films. Really, I think our, our main difference is that as a grant-giving body, uh, we don't. We give all the rights to the filmmakers. That's one. You know, that's the, what the filmmakers always tell us is the big difference between us right. and the others. We make sure that the filmmakers own their the, the film themselves. And the other one is unlike the other two, since we're not like a private entity, we're you know uh, connected with Quezon City. Mm -hmm. um, we really strive that one day, you know, and I think we're getting there slowly. We will be like. Cannes Film Festival, a Busan Film Festival, Venice. We want that in the Philippines, it's the Quezon City Film Festival. Right? Or so maybe have a Quark Canaris film to open the festival. Yeah, who knows? <laughs> maybe next year. Please, yeah. guys, next year. Amusing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, was this, this change, you know, this evolution to becoming more of sort of an international festival, was it an easy decision to make or was there any resistance from anyone else? Or? It's well, there were some 
uh, a variety of um, reactions like ay konti na lang yung local films yung iba naman eh um, wow uh, bakit tatlo na lang and yet uh, and also for the filmmakers who were chosen parang wow it's a big pressure on our part <laughs> Uh, but then again, you you just have to step up and fa- face the challenge. And we don't really need to produce ten films mm-hmm. um, from our from our perspective, no? Because we're we're not a platform, we're not a network. Um, it's easier to just grant three deserving films that we're sure of, and uh, you know, parang uh, if we rock the boat, we rock the boat. Um, inch by inch but hopefully in the in the right direction and speaking of the international um, you know the, the the films what what do we what are you looking forward to what like what are your favorites that you've um, oh, this year yes before I answer that uh, we were also careful not to choose scan films Berlin mm. Berlin Berlinale level films to compete with our low-budget lo- uh, local features so you yun some challenge to Paano magpantay-pantay yung for the Asian, for the Asian films that were finished films and the ones that we're producing. Um, and for your question, uh, well, our theme is Rising Wave. Uh, one, because there's a lot of female directors uh, for equality, diversity, and representation. Medyo marami female-centric films. Aside from having a a new mayor, Joy Belmonte, who is the person behind the, the festival. And so we have a female filmmaker also, aside from Ray, uh, Ray Red, uh, Mati Do from Laos, mm-hmm. The Long Walk. It's a sci-fi film uh, oh. from Laos by a woman director, first-time director. So it's quite amazing. There are others. Yeah. Well, for the other sections, like the Screen International, yes, we do have... Um, a quite uh, two can winners. Um, uh, yeah, Beanpole, which won best director in the uncertain regard. Yes. And then um, from Russia. Yes, and then the other one, what's it called? The one who won best director, uh, best uh, actress, uh, the French film. Oh gosh, I forgot. Oh yeah, um, a magical night. Yes, there. Mm-hmm. So there are quite a few um, internationally award-winning films in the festival. Um, and then also in the in the uh, um, rainbow section, we have quite a few um, good yes. films. Yes, we have a, a Teddy winner. The Teddy winner is the best gay film from Berlin. Uh, a short story from a green planet. It's like E.T. meets Brokeback Mountain. So uh, <laughs> go figure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Nampang poster. And you're also uh, no, no, um, showing a lot of Filipino classics. It's a uh, hundred year anniversary. It's on the ang, ano, um, yes. So. so, well, this year, I, I swear, I feel like we've been uh, celebrating our hundred years for three years now. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're very happy with, with our, um, that section. We have some, uh, like we have a tribute also to um, Boss Vic, right? So that's why we have a Viva Classic section. And I'm really happy personally that we're showing between Walang Ningning because um, mm. um, my company, Central Digital, have restored nice. the film. Oh. So it's the first uh, Viva film that we have restored. You're that, nothing but a second-rate yes, trying, trying hard. hard. And I'm really 
for me because I promised um, direct um, before he passed away that I would restore it. So I'm mm. happy that finally. Direct Maning Borlasa. Maning Borlasa, yes. Mm. So for yeah. Sharon fans out there, and mm. Sherry Hill has a new book, mm -hmm. a tell-all book. <laughs> oh, wow. <Nice>. Contra Vida <laughs> is the title. Yeah. So. Wow, so there's a lot of restored stuff, there's a lot of um, classics. Yes, also from ABS uh, Restoration. Uh, uh, the classics Biaya ng Lupa and Malvarosa, and Malvarosa including Noli Mitangere. Oh, and of course, we're right. also showing Insha, Insha. my favorite broken film. Mm -hmm. Wow, yeah, yeah, I love that film. Mm -hmm. And also to add, we have a completely new section, New Horizons. These are outstanding debut films from all over the world. We have six films, so we're trying to go in a Sundance direction, supporting new visions by new directors, young directors. So, Puro first feature stuff um, from France, from God, from many other countries. But there's six films. Fantastic. You guys have favorites, like personal, in the international ones that you kind oh. of like, uh, you know, we have to check out, like hidden gems. And there is the first. Uh, hashtag Me Too film, Nina Wu. It's quite impactful. It's mm. from Taiwan, so go Ooh. watch it. <clears throat> How is it hashtag Me Too? Does it talk about the It's about a, exploitation? a struggling actress who gets her first crack at stardom at a price mm -hmm. by, an, by an abusive director. So it's, it's dubbed the first hashtag Me Too film. Wow. How about you, Manet? One of my I think it's like a, you know, not very known, but it's a nice, quiet, not really quiet film, but for an LGBTQ film, uh, the um, Song Lang, oh, yeah. it's very different because uh, it's about a, it's a period piece set in Saigon, if I'm not mistaken, uh, and uh, the, the lead is a debt collector and somehow has this uh, strange relationship with a opera singer. And for uh, so they have there's no sexy nothing and yet it's very surprising. Oh wow! Okay. Okay. Yes. Yes. And then, yeah, we're looking forward to Apocalypse Now. I didn't know that of there was course. yet another Apocalypse Now yes. version. <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola promised that it's his final cut. Okay. No, it is the final cut. So is it longer than Redux? Uh, I think it's still uh, almost three hours. Hmm. There are a few scenes. Um, um, retain. Uh, I mean, how do I say it? Um, it was re-edited, and some scenes were added. Okay, and then high life. Yeah, so lots of yes. lots of cool things. And of course, we have uh, an opening film and a closing film, and it's opened by Sigrid Bernardo's Untrue, starring Christine Reyes and Sean Lim, shot in exotic CNN. Georgia. Yeah. Right. Uh, not not Atlanta. Yes. <laughs> Be prepared for a different type of movie from the same director as Kita Kita. Yeah. If you like Kita Kita, this is in many ways similar. <laughs> but in a totally, but different, in a totally genre. different way. Yeah. In the age of Joker, yes. <laughs> the closing film is uh, from Singapore, Wet Season by Anthony Chen, who directed Ilo Ilo. Mm. So, oh, right. which had a Filipino lead star, Angeli, Angelina Bayani, Julie, Angelina <laughs> Angeli. Bayani. Angeli Bayani. So, Anthony, um, Anthony Chen's uh, uh, much-awaited second film since Iloilo will close the festival wet season. 
And this is also the first time that we have um, a local film as our opening film. Mm-hmm. We thought since it's also a, um, our 100 years, it would right. also be nice mm-hmm. to... And, and we're so happy with what we chose because we feel like it's a, it's a, it's a perfect Q-Cinema film. Yes. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Actually. Yeah. Um, for those who want to join, um, take part in Q-Cinema or submit for, for the next Q-Cinema, uh, how do they go about this? And uh, are there... Um, deadlines that, that people have to be aware of or, or how to submit, etc. Our call for entries is usually at the end of the festival, end of October. So a call for entries is for uh, finished scripts for feature films. Uh, we award uh, a grant of $1.5 million uh, as seed money to produce their films. We're going to choose three. And the shorts? Yes, and we also have a short section where uh, we grant Three uh, two hundred thousand, mm-hmm. um, and then also the doc, doc QC where we have uh, post production grants. Mm-hmm. So, oh yeah, so we also have those two sections now for you to see. By the way, yeah. And you can find more out more about this by going to uh, is our website, Facebook page. Um, we have a website and uh, uh, Facebook page. Yeah, Okay, and also like um, for anyone who wa- wants to watch the films, anyone who uh, wants to check out the schedule, what what's the best way to look for the Q, Q- Cinema film? Check out our Facebook page, uh, our very active uh, Facebook page. Uh, the schedules are all there, the deadlines for scripts, uh, ticket information, and uh, the synopsis, and all other updates. Oh, we have a festival pass. Yes. What is our festival pass again? I forgot that. It's uh, <laughs> for 2,000 pesos. Uh, you get a lot of merch items for 10 tickets with a lot of gifts. <laughs> and our Asian filmmakers are here right. uh, to attend their gala screenings. Right. So it's a chance to meet uh, Filipino uh, film lovers and uh, meet their Asian directors in the flesh. And they will also have Q&As at the end of their galas. Oh yeah, and you also have Lingua Franca. I forgot. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, and uh, we're having Isabel um, on the pod soon oh, cool. to guess, yeah, talk about her <laughs> film. Um, any other questions? Okay. Um, well, I guess last question: What does the future hold for Q Cinema? Mm, quite a lot. One, our uh, ma- uh, our mayor has all her dream has always been for us to have a permanent home. And this year, she says, Whoa. we're really going, you know, we are working on having our own center, or whatever yeah. we shall call it. Fingers crossed. Yes. So that's one. Wow. Okay. Well, that's super exciting. <laughs> <laughs> and then we expect to kind of like move towards a really a more international film festival for Yes. For Hopefully, uh, international guests, more like yet. VIP with... First class tickets with an entourage. No, I'm just kidding. No, like, <laughs> who knows? Who knows? It is a dream. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Yeah, I know it's so much. <laughs> Thank you. A very uh, exciting schedule. Yeah. Now you're off to your next premiere, I think, which is about to happen. So yeah, kaawis sa sulod. Right. Yeah. Catch that on Q Cinema. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you. And that wraps up episode two. Thank you to Ed and yep. Matt. Yeah, go and go and check out some movies at uh, Q Cinema. You can find the website, uh, the schedules at qcinema.ph. Yeah, and um, tell all your friends to listen on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or yeah. wherever you listen to your. Don't podcasts. forget to like and subscribe. Yes, um, and whatever. Uh, 
platform you're using. What? Where can people? No, I can't believe we're saying this. Where can people find you guys on social media? They can't find me. <laughs> they can find Quark, head of Globe Studios. Well, we, we are Globe Studios is finally on Instagram. So yay! Finally, finally. No, it took like, so long. Yeah, I don't know. We were like, I don't know. Parang baby boomers, you know. You know, it's I'll tell you why. <laughs> it took so long. It's Gino's fault. By the way, they were busy. Gino and Senna's fault. Grabe na blaga. He's a friend of the pod. <laughs> what is he this, is a yacht? friend of the pod. It's a friend of a pod. Yeah, uh, but uh, what Twitter, Twitter. And he taught us how to do this whole, you know, Spotify thing. So thank you. Where Gino. can people find you on Twitter, Quirk? Uh, Quirk Canaris, and mm-hmm. you, Ramon. I don't use Twitter. <laughs> you can find Ramon on Ramon Devera. That's not No, me. that's not him. Yeah, what? it's a fake account. Oh, oh yeah. Sleepless Planet? What the hell? <laughs> How many Twitter accounts do you have? You don't know my alters. You don't know my life. <laughs> I'm Mel underscore Alcaraz on Twitter. And maybe soon, if we have more than 70 people, we'll probably start uh, our own Twitter handle for this show. Yeah. Um, see you guys next time. Bye! How will they see us next time? Oh, yeah. <laughs>